Welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, as always, Alex, and with me tonight I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Oh, I'm great. How are you, Alex? Very good. Yeah, it's nice to get a couple of wins under our belts uh, in the week since the last episode. Breaking a little bit of a curse. I know usually when we've been recording episodes lately, it's uh, been followed by an unfortunate result. So great to get back-to-back wins, uh, which started on the weekend. I actually started midweek last week against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, it was a pretty even game for the most part with... Um, pretty decent chances for both sides, but it was Bowen, that man again, scoring, breaking the deadlock on the 60th minute um, with a really, really well-taken run uh, and finish into the bottom corner from a lovely cross from Honeyman. Um, and it was a great 1-0 win for City. So h- how did you see it, Dan? Um, yeah, I think similar to probably how you've you've just described it. It was a, it was a pretty even game, but um, <clears throat> I th- think... Um, I think we were probably were we were quite lucky to end, to keep a clean sheet. Um, not only with mm. Pennington blocking that um, one off the line, but there was a plenty of, in that second half. Particularly, they started to open to to hit us on the counter a little bit, and they put a few really dangerous balls through the box. And they were just unlucky. They were unlucky not to have anyone um, just on, on the end of them a few times. There was uh, it was hard in mouth a few, uh, at a few different moments that second half for me, particularly watching that. Um, that that game so but i think overall um I, I was you know the team as a whole was really happy i thought pennington we talked about um you know this was sort of his chance to to shine and get some minutes and he really did he played outstanding um really aggressive solid defending you know um intercepting or, or knocking out those part those passes that were coming in to hit to his marker um really well and really consistently so um he did a lot of really good things uh, of course that that block on the line um really stands out but i think um you know just i think everyone just worked really hard and it was a really tough game like we thought it was going to be but um just yeah i guess a nice a nice run from bowen and a little bit of class just to um to finish off that that nice move and, and a one nil you know i'll take it yeah i think there were a few eyebrows raised when uh, honeyman got the start ahead of lopez or, or other players <clears throat> But he really proved his worth. He had a very energetic game and uh, and kind of capped off with that cross. And, and as you mentioned, Pennington really took his chance with both hands, which was great to see. It was a bit unfortunate. Uh, we'll talk about the other game in a second, but a bit unfortunate he missed that one with an injury because um, it'd be great to see him sort of string a few games together and get some consistency going. But yeah, he looked fantastic at right back and, and he, it's great that he sort of offers an option there because I know we've talked a little bit about how our potential lack of options at right back has been... Um, a little bit of a, an Achilles heel potentially if Lehigh were to go down injured. So um, always good to have those options. And as you said, you know, it's just that sort of gritty 1-0 win. Um, they had some great chances. I think it was when Fletcher came on. Um, they hit the post right before we scored as well. So um, sort of, I guess, mirrors that Leeds game for us where we had a really great chance right before they scored their second, um, except this time we were the beneficiaries that they hit the post and then we were able to score. So always good to grind out a win and especially against the side who are just above us in the table going into the game so uh, really closes the gap now on the top six and, and really sets up a pretty uh, intense game with Fulham this weekend yeah I think um, that's a that's a good point to make that I think what I was what I've been thinking about is like comparing where we are now to where we were last season and how 
both times we've, we're sort of right on that cusp of the top six, and now it sort of becomes a hopefully you know most of the squad was around last season and they've gone through this experience and they they sort of fell away last year. Hopefully we've got the bit of experience that they can actually take this opportunity with both hands. You know, keep keep building on what they've done at the moment, stay within in touching distance, close that gap. You know, little by little, and um, you know, hopefully coming in the season we will we'll be find ourselves in that six. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's um I think the big difference for me feels this season that. Last season, we were starting from so far back that we had to win, I think it was six or seven games in a row just to even be in the conversation of making the playoffs. So it was almost as if as soon as we dropped that game to Villa and then I think we stumbled in the next game as well against somebody else, it was almost like that was it and that was our chance gone. And it was almost, you know, we, we, had, to, we had to have a perfect run to even stand a chance. Whereas this season, for, for, for better or worse, you know, we have been a bit inconsistent. We have dropped points in games that we should have picked those points up in. And yet we're still in touching distance. So it doesn't, I guess each game doesn't feel like it carries as much pressure as it did last season. So hopefully that's great for the players. Hopefully it lets them play with a bit more freedom and, and, and can actually keep that optimism going, even if we are to, to drop points in games, that we can actually kind of keep, keep chasing. We're still in touching distance. We're right in the middle of that pack. Um, but I guess now before we talk about the second game uh, from last week we've got the a bit of action in the transfer window which is a bit surprising for us it's not deadline day yet and we've managed to make a signing which is always nice um came as a little bit of a surprise to me because i know there was a lot of talk when the window opened about uh wilkes from barnsley and i think mcgann got interviewed about herbie kane and pretty much rubbished it so i actually thought it was basically no chance uh and then sort of out of the blue um he got announced which was which was great and really refreshing to see a true statement of intent, really, because we were just talking last week about how um, we heard similar last year about making funds available or trying to find some signings in the January window. And then I think only one or maybe two players came in in that window in the end. And to actually have someone come in early this window not only probably gives the players a boost that there is actually those reinforcements coming, but also kind of gives the whole club a bit of a lift that there is that optimism and that the club is really taking this run for the playoffs seriously. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right. Like, I mean, it took me a bit by surprise as well. I mean, that we we talked a lot in the um, the summer window um, about it, about him coming in, and it sort of never really quite happened. And then so I guess I, I didn't really expect it to get revisited. Um, and, you know, as you said, McCann sort of, rubbish that rumor but then um yeah then he's come in and, and played quite well on the um in the cup cup match um but yeah i think in terms of other players that are um available yeah i've heard i've heard the rumor about wilkes um but i've also just been reading today that um it seems like it's not going great they've got other players um really sort of lined up yeah because yeah, it was another one like similar to kane that we were mentioned with earlier and then um you know they've worked together it didn't really seem like there was going to be a lot um that was going to stop them uh, stop wilkes from joining but uh, for whatever reason um it seems to be going a bit slower than uh than w- was anticipated but i think they've i just saw today uh was it martin samuelson a west ham yep. um lad um don't know a uh, great deal about him, but uh... all, all I know is I know there was a, um, a a cup game a few seasons ago with the under twenty threes where there was you know there was Bowen, uh, Batty, and a few others on our side. There was um, a few pretty decent players on West Ham side too, and he was basically the best player on the pitch, which we've we've heard before. I, I heard similar about a game against Liverpool where Kevin Stewart apparently stood out. So 
and, and look, I mean, Kevin Stewart has turned out to be quite good for us as well. So um, those reports can sort of bear a bit of weight, but um, until he actually gets into the side and, and starts playing, you never really know how he's going to go. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, look, he sounds quite promising as well. There was the uh, jo- Joseph Zoon, I think, is, is how you'd pronounce it, from Derby as well, which sounds a bit like our alternative to Wilkes. They were sort of trying to put a bit of pressure on them um, to, to get a move on with Wilkes, or else there's genuine interest in him as well. So, um, yeah, look, there seems to be a few genuine names being floated around, which is um, always exciting. Um, the other, I guess the flip side of that is, um, what do you do? You expect that any of those that we will get rid of or any players will leave in this window? I, I would, um, have, a la, like Henriksen or Malinkovic, yeah. perhaps. Or yeah, I, I would expect to be honest. I think the interest in the winger is almost to replace Malinkovic, who has not had any impact at all on the squad. And whilst Bowl has been really good, you probably want depth on both sides. Um, so I'm hoping. I mean, everyone's sort of looking at Wilkes and looking at. Um, those other wingers that we're looking at and sort of probably jumping to the conclusion that Bowen's off. Um, but I, I would sort of expect that if we were genuinely going to be selling Bowen in this window, A, if it happens, it happens. But B, he's going to go for a pretty decent fee. So we'd probably be looking at bringing in a pretty decent player as his replacement either this window or next. So I don't think looking at these sorts of fringe guys really says a whole lot one way or the other about Bowen. It's 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 probably more to do with Milinkovic. Um so I, I would see Henriksen and Milinkovic probably being the only outs this window. I mean, sort of trying to speak a bit optimistically there. Um, I just really... I mean, look, if we were down in 17th, 18th sort of position, I, I could see Bowen leaving this window. But I just can't see what logical sense there is in him leaving a team on the cusp of the playoffs um, for an Aston Villa or, or a Norwich or, or someone like... Or a Bournemouth or someone who very, very, you know... It's an unlikely chance that we're going to go up, but in the situation that we were to go up and, and whatever team he goes to goes down, how bad a decision would that look to be when there's no risk for him staying with us for another half season? He's playing so well anyway. His his reputation's not going to get any worse between now and summer, um, and he'll probably have a much better team to pick from in the summer, uh, and, and we'll also know what division he's playing in for the following 12 months rather than only the following six months. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty fair. I think... Um... Yeah, in, ter- in terms of Bowen, it would be, I mean, yeah, as you said, it would be daft of them to, to sell him now. Um, you wait six months and you find out, yeah, where, where we stand. Um, and as you said, like, his, his value is not going to change much in six months. Um, I can't see it, like, f- based on what he's done so far, I can't, like, it's not going to drop any. The six months that he loses off his contract is not going to, uh, I don't think that's going to affect his valuation much because his valuation, basically, for the most part, is is potential and, and it's, like what and he's it's, doing um, at, the, at this at and this it's at, doing as well. at the moment. Yeah. So it's like you know, yes, he'll be in the last twelve months of his deal, but that doesn't really matter if there's five or six clubs after him. We can still demand top dollar, uh, top dollar, pretty much. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? I mean, we saw uh, we've seen approaches for Lopez as well already, yeah, which yeah. reminds me of um, when we bought. Um, Long Shane Long, and we was at the club for Perfect, what, six yeah. months or something. I had the exact know? same. <laughs> I had the exact same thought, and and it raises the question of, are we actually dumb not taking the money? I mean, what did we buy him for? I, I'm sure it was either a free transfer or it was a very very minimal fee. Oh, I don't think it was much. I think it was one of those like might have been a six figure. Y- yeah, um, about a few hundred thousand. So, so, you, so you almost think is it almost dumb I mean especially if McGann's saying it was more than just it's not just a million it's more so maybe it's call it one and a yeah. half million sort of thing 
are we almost dumb not taking it when you say, look at the profit you're making on a player after just six months? Yes, he's he's played quite well for us. I wouldn't say he's crucial to the team, not in not even in the same way that Long was. Long and Jelovic had a great strike partnership, and then we broke that up, and that was probably more damaging for the side than if we if we were to sell Lopez. And you think that money coming in becomes maybe two or three players in this window that we might not have been able to afford otherwise. And it's just such an easy profit after six months that, I mean, in my head, because I had the same thought of comparing it to Long, where you think we doubled our money or something on Long in six months, and it was just crazy not to take the money. Yeah, I don't know. It makes an interesting one. Um, I mean, maybe, I mean, Kane's, you, Kane's come in. If you get another, if if you end up with you know Samuelson, I think who's more of a midfielder than a winger anyway? Then you start going, okay, how desperately do we need? I mean, we've got uh, how long is how how long until Stewart's? I think back? Stewart's back next month. So yeah, then we'd so, have then we'd have Stewart, uh, Batty, Irvine, um, Lopez, uh, Terrell potentially. Although apparently Kane's basically a replacement for him because he's out always out injured. Um, Stewart uh, and Lopez. So you'd have, you know, six or seven or eight, really, because Kane as well, eight midfielders, plus if Samuelson comes in, that's nine. Yeah, for three spots. Yeah. <laughs> you'd have, you know, yeah, exactly. You're batting three deep in every position, basically. So, yeah, look, yeah, it's an so... interesting one, and, and it'll be interesting to see if they come back with a, an increased offer and, and whether we do waiver, because I think it gets to a point where you say, well, just, just take the money. Yeah, it's... Um... I don't know. It's an interesting one. Uh, I guess it depends on how how, how crucial you, um, McCann sees Lopez. But I mean, while he's, as you said, like he's been pretty good, he's really sort of stepped up over the last maybe month or so. But I think he's not crucial in the same way that we think of like Bowen, for example. No, exactly. So, um, well, but moving on then to the other game that we had over the weekend, which was a fantastic win against Rotherham, um, which I guess, you know, in some senses, can you really say that against a, a team in a division below you against 10 men for most of the game? But at the end of the day, you always love to see those last minute winners and it's always good to get the uh, the heart pumping when uh, when it goes your way. And, 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 you know, your talisman gets three goals as well is, is, is great as well. So... Um, Look, I mean, you know, we opened the scoring through Eves after about 10 minutes, which was a great way to start the game before getting pegged back with a, a pretty soft goal. Then there was the pretty pretty uncontroversial red card, which somehow became this big flashpoint for the game where uh, Lewis Potter then gets booed for the rest of the game, presumably because the Rotherham fans are, are thinking he's made the most of it when it's a pretty clear-cut red. Um, they then score a wonder goal from a throw-in, which you can't do a whole lot about. And, and then it's the Tom Eve show to get us back and to, to win us the game. Um, so what, what was your thoughts of the game and um, how did you see it playing out? Um, oh, I watched the highlights um, and I was sort of, I was just, I was a bit confused as to how it had all sort of come about. It was just, it seemed like it was a bit frenetic um, at times. I mean, great to see Eves get a hat trick. I, th- I think the best part about that was he said after the game, he said the match ball's sleeping with me yeah. and my missus is in the next room. That was great. I thought that was that was hilarious. Um, and that's, but that's always I, been the thing with Eves is that he, it's so hard to. We've had so many of those sorts of strikers who haven't scored many goals, where it's quite easy to get on their backs and get annoyed at them. But it's so hard to dislike Eves because he's just got such a good personality. Yeah, and I think. Um, I think when you compare even to some of the others, I mean, not saying that the others didn't work hard, but I, 
you sort of see every game. Like Eves is like he's working his working his back backside off to to get to get goals and getting getting positions. And uh, I mean, he got three. He got three against sure against Rotherham for with you know a, two of them against ten men. But um, you know he's he's starting to get in the right positions. I think McCann even said like they've been wor- he's been working with Eves a lot, just getting working on him getting into the right positions at the right time and not necessarily worrying so much about all the other stuff just if he gets in the right positions he scores and you know i think to he's just about doubled his like overall tally for the for us now um in one game so uh and he's scored you know been scoring scoring a little bit more so hopefully he's he's coming into that sort of or regaining that form that saw him score whatever ridiculous amount of goal, goals it was for um, Gillingham before before we signed him. But yeah, that's uh, it. And I think it's got to do. It's yeah, it's got to do wonders for his confidence scoring those goals. As you say, even though it's against a lower league team, it's just it's just yeah, you're always going to be more confident after having a hat trick. Yeah, and I think regardless of whether it's lower league or higher league team or whatever, it's a competitive match, and and those goals actually won us the game. Yeah. So yeah, like it's not like it was like a, a six whole, nil win or something. Yeah, it's a whole other level of um, you know he's got to he's got to take confidence from that and got to feel really good about that. Um, I think KLP uh, Ken Lewis Potter. Um, yeah, he's just. I mean, it, it was um, it was a pretty it was a pretty horrendous tackle to be honest. Um, I think it came off a bit of a heavy touch by him, and then but I don't know what the defender was that defender was thinking. Just threw himself in there, is hit him hit him halfway up his leg. Oh, it was it was bad. Um, he was probably lucky not to not to come out of that uh, yeah. a lot worse than he did and and everything. But um, I'm good good to see him, even if you know if it's cup matches or whatever. But he's really starting to to find himself more integrated into this first team, which is something that we mentioned at the beginning of the season about players that we were looking to to you know follow that Bowen mold of of getting into the first team and starting to be um crucial players for us and it's you know good to see those academy boys come coming through and and doing well um what else we got the i think everyone really played pretty well in that what did you make of i mean Bowen, Grzycki and Irvine all came on as a triple sub around the 60 minute mark which um i guess at that point we'd sort of we'd had the halftime talk We'd come out, not a whole lot had changed. They were still on top. And McGann basically just rolled the dice and went for it. And it pretty clearly changed the game in our favour because I think we scored not too long after that and, and really sort of just started dominating and pressing them after that. Um, were you were you sort of happy to see us kind of go gung-ho like that or would you rather not have Bowen and Grzycki, you know, being used for the game and, and give, giving them a bit more rest? Oh, look, I guess I can probably I can see the merits of sort of both sides of that, but at the end of the day, like we wanted we wanted to win the game, um, and so we were in a position where we needed to, to to make a change and and to you know inject some quality into the game. And I was probably a little bit surprised to see a triple sub like so early, um, but then you know there's no extra time. It, it would be a, it would have been a replay if it ended a draw. So um, you know I've got no real problem with it. I mean. Um, they'll. I mean, they still got. They didn't. They didn't have to do as much work as no. as if they. You know, it's it's not too much. Thirty thirty minutes. That they probably would have liked it just to um, still get a bit of a run and, and stretch their legs out a little bit um, before they um, you know in preparation. They get a whole week off now. I think he well, said they it. were going to get a few days to. Everyone was going to get a couple of days to recover and. Um, Turbo was up in the snow, I think, in Poland. So I was a bit nervous oh. that he was going to um, get injured. <laughs> I was, you know, it's great to see you relaxing, but don't get, don't get, you know, 
get a ski injury or something. Yeah, um, I didn't see that one, but yeah, that's crazy. Um, I guess that's the thing that like when you when you're there and you're so close to Europe and everything, it's so easy for them to just get around and go and you know if they get a couple of days off, go and and go. And why wouldn't you if you if you could? I mean, if I could, if I was that close that I could take had a couple of days and I could go to the slopes, go to the Alps, I wouldn't wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and we've got Chelsea in the fourth round, so it's always. I mean, it's a mixed bag because you you kind of want to see how far you can go, but for me at least. The Cup is always a really good opportunity to play those Premier League sides that we can't play week in, week out in the Championship and sort of test ourselves because I'm sure someone like a Bowen or a Grzycki would be licking their lips at the chance to, to prove themselves against that higher opposition and, and to show that they've got that quality about their game. And, and whether it's to put their name out there for a transfer, who knows, or whether it's just because they really want to test themselves at that highest level, I'm sure, I'm sure all the boys are really looking forward to it. Yeah, I think um, it it makes for an interesting matchup um, in a couple of different for a couple of different reasons. I think it'll be interesting to see what McCann does in terms of the lineup on the day and what what team he goes with. Is he gonna go? Okay, Chelsea's a bit more of a, t- a test than Rotherham's gonna be, and I've got to play my you know first team in this. Or is he gonna stick with the uh, like let's call them the cup the cup team of the yeah. guys that aren't getting regular minutes, but who probably are going to struggle a little bit more against um chelsea um you know but who knows it'd be an interesting interesting one two um you know young uh up-and-coming managers up against each other and in, um, and in fairness i mean you look at the side that we put out against rotherham um if you bring in pennington at right back for mckenzie and maybe call it you know elder in at left back or, or kingsley in at left back that side isn't terrible. Um, you know, you're probably a little bit light on at left wing with Lewis Potter there. But with, you know, Eves up top, a pretty solid midfield. If you had Kane, uh, maybe Lopez and Batty, it's, you know, it, it, as far as second 11s go for us, we've had much worse than, than that side that we could be putting out. And, and I'm sure, like you're saying, I'm sure with Chelsea, he'd probably make a few more additions um, from the first team as well. Um, but anyway, if we look ahead now to Fulham at home, which is uh, a pretty mouthwatering game, like we were sort of mentioning before, the uh, the chances of um, moving into the top six with a win, I think I think if we do beat Fulham, we're a pretty decent chance of finishing the round in fifth, um, if a few other results go our way. Um, at home, um, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, it's at home because we beat them 3-0 away. Um, and, and they haven't been in great form. I think they lost their last game to Reading in the league. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a pretty decent chance there to, uh, to really take something out of that game. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game on the weekend. It's sort of, I think I sort of mentioned before, like this, we're, we're on the cusp and these are the games where it's, I mean, this last season it was the, these were the make or break games. But this season, as you sort of said, we've got a, you know, we've got a little bit more time on our hands. Hands this time around, we're in a much stronger position. But still, like, you know, if we can, uh, I'm really looking forward to this to see how we respond to being in this position. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got a pretty decent record against them. I think we've won three of our last six. Um, and obviously, we've had that pretty decent home win against them in the Premier League, where we won six nil as well. So. Um, we seem to somewhat have the wood over them. I know they did beat us 4-1 in a FA Cup game, I think it was, a few years ago. Um, but other than that, it's all generally gone our way. Um, what would you do with our lineup? Would you sort of, I guess, Kane looked pretty impressive in the in the Cup match. Would you sort of bring him into the first 11 or, or would you sort of try to stick with the same side that 
um, that won the last game against Sheffield Wednesday? Um, I think I'd be keeping pretty similar to um, how we won against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I think Kane's going to probably come in onto the bench. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I, I feel like it'll be pretty similar to to, to that game, to the last league league match. Um, we've been fairly pretty fairly consistent um, in in that lineup, and that's starting to really you know reap the rewards. So um, I'd be expecting a, a pretty similar lineup. Fair enough. Uh, and what's your prediction for the result? Um, I'm gonna go with a a, a two nil win. Mm. I like it. Yep, I'll probably um, go similar. Do you have any ideas on the goal scorers? I reckon I reckon Bowen's Bowen's on for a goal. Um, I think uh, I actually think uh, Grasicki's gonna gonna grab nab one this weekend. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. He's uh, he's he's due for one, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, he's been he uh, who did he score against? He scored against Birmingham, didn't he? So yeah, he's sort of starting to get his eye back into it. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be he'll be out for um, for a goal against them. And of course, if we can keep them quiet, Mitrovic is I think two goals ahead of Bowen in the Golden Boot. So a bit of added motivation to get a clean sheet in that one, I suspect. Um, but we'll finish things off now with our football flashback of the week, and it is to a game from just about uh, when was it? It was 2017, I think. Am I getting my years right, or was it 2016, 2017? I think it was against Bournemouth in the league under Marco Silva, uh, a 3-1 win against Bournemouth um, with a double from Hernandez and a Ming's own goal rounding it out. And it was, it, it was such a great game because we'd been struggling for form for so long under Phelan, and he'd finally gotten the sack. And uh, Silva came in, sort of sparked us to life. And this was the first game that we really sort of had that sense that maybe he could turn things around because, of course, we'd lost to Bournemouth away 6-1 earlier in the season. So this was such a strong litmus test of, of how we could turn things around. Um, and, in, and in particular, that second Hernandez goal just felt such like one of the goals that he'd scored the season before in the championship that you kind of got the sense that maybe if he could get his confidence going, he could then suddenly start scoring almost every week for us, just like he had the season before. So... I, I just I, I love this game and looking back on this game just because it was it gave us such that sense of optimism. Obviously, didn't pan out too well, but um, yeah, no, it was a great great first win under under Silva. Yeah, it was. It was a good game. Um, I think it was interesting. Afterwards, Mark um, Silva basically said, um, "It's the first time I've seen all of these boys smiling after a match <laughs> or something like that." Like, yeah. um, you know, that's just how hard that that season had been and. Um, yeah, it was, you know, we gave away a penalty to start off. Um, Maguire tripping someone in the box, which was great. Um, and then I think, like, the commentators are there just pretty much going, well, here we go again, you know, bottom of the hull's bottom of the league, and they're sort of showing why. And then we, we just sort of, I guess we just worked our way into, into the match and started, um, just started to turn the screws a little bit. Um, that The first goal was... Um, beautiful Robertson cross for Hernandez to head it in that was um I just watched the highlights before this and it was I was just blown away it was it was that what what we what we came to love about Robertson um those deliveries and what's made him so successful at Liverpool now as well um and and I suspect that would would that have been almost one of Jakubovic's first games in that because he obviously then took over as keeper for the second half of the season but I think almost up until that point uh Harper might have been in goal uh, not Harper. Marshall might have been in goal. 
Um, it, sure. He'd be yeah. probably pretty close because um, Marshall was definitely preferred to to start um, for the start of the season. So I'm not sure, but it would have had to be close. Because, but you're right. With when Silva came in, um, Jakubovic definitely become uh, became became number one. Um, and, but, I mean, and it's quite interesting. I mean, looking at that lineup, none of those players were the players that um, Silva signed. I know. I think Nias came off the bench, and I guess Evandro probably did as well because they were a double signing. But um, it's quite interesting looking at that lineup that that they were all sort of our um, traditional sort of players that had been with us for a few seasons, and it's with sort of a tinge of sadness you look at the fact that that Ryan Mason started that game, and and you look at the next fixture which was against Chelsea and was unfortunately the last game of his career. Um, it's uh, it's sort of a side that you know what could have been with that side because you look Snodgrass is still in the in the uh, Premier League playing quite well for West Ham as you just said with Robertson he's also up there doing quite well Maguire's at United um, it, it's a it's it's a pretty strong side um, and it's it's one of those sides where you look at the names on that team sheet and you just wonder how did that team get relegated yeah it was uh, um, I, I, and that's sort of what it doesn't matter how um, you know how good your squad is or or anything if you, if you, they don't if they're not getting the right instruction um which i you, it'd be hard to argue that for the first half of that season or for most of that season that they that they that they were getting the right instruction um unfortunately Phelan's uh legacy at Hull City is is not a very um promising one no, absolutely. And, and I mean, you look at even Fulham, our opponent this weekend, and they had quite a strong squad, had a reasonable start to the Premier League last season and just slipped away. So um, it's going to be a really fascinating game with them on the weekend. Huge stakes for both sides um, and a lot riding on the result. But here's hoping we can get the three points. So uh, thank you for joining me today, Dan. No worries. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. This is on fire. We're going higher and higher. There's no turning back because you're Amber and Black till you